Welcome to They That Hope with Father Dave and Bob, seeing humor and hope in a crazy world. And I'm Bob. And I'm Father Dave. Greetings. Greetings. So I'm actually here. And you're here. Yeah, you don't have to figure out where I am. (laughs) (laughs) We uh, had a technological fail. You were in Arizona. I was. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Well, it was funny because if you notice on the last podcast, I was kind of like cagey about where I was going to be because... I had an event in Salt Lake City, and it just worked out literally at the last minute that I was going to go home and just surprise my mom and dad. So I knew that if I said something <laughs> like, uh, I don't know where I'm going to be. so It would seem uh, a little bit awkward. Yeah, so I was just able to spend uh, Sunday and Monday with my mom. Oh, so they, Monday. they weren't expecting it? No, no, they didn't know I was coming. Exactly. I had my little brother pick me up at the airport and just showed up at the door, so it was fun. Oh, that was fun. You got yeah. to spend Memorial Day weekend with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Part of it, yep. Okay. But it was great. It was. Uh, it's always good to be able to be home and, and see brothers and sisters and mom and dad, so it was good. Yeah. But yeah, so that's where I was. And then we weren't able to record yesterday, which... Yeah, we kept trying and the yeah. internet was not being our friend. And we just it took it not. as the Lord's will. That's right. That that's what we're right. going to do today is so much better. So much better. Than the garbage we would have done yesterday. Trash. Absolutely. Yeah. So something we mentioned yesterday was just about uh, being Memorial Day. And our gratitude for all of the veterans, our gratitude for all of those who are in active military service. In fact, if you are actively, I'm sure we're huge on huge. warships yep, yep. and uh, submarines. Oh, we're big on submarines. Big on submarines. Yeah, they just crank that <laughs> through, through submarines. So actually, if there's if there's anybody in active military duty that listens to our podcast, we'd love to hear from you. Hope at franciscan.edu. Uh, shoot us an email, and certainly we'll send prayers your way. Thank you to all of you who are serving our country in that way or who have served our country in that way, certainly in memory of all those who gave their life for our country just the ability to worship in public yeah, and, and I was to just, get together and I was just praying about that incredible. yesterday. I was praying about that as well, is, is that, you know, that hurt of somebody who's lost a loved one, that, mm. that doesn't go away. You yeah. know, we, we both know that your father's anniversary of his passing. And, yeah. and so Memorial Day is kind of always a reminder, I think, especially for that population. So we just want to let them know of our prayers. And again, like you said, their, our gratitude for all that they've done for us. Yeah. Amen. Thanks for all of you that do write in to the show, especially the Bob Rice Nation who came to my defense after the public bullying oh, give me a break. of Father Dave. Give me a break. Uh, Dwight from Massachusetts wrote, when Father Dave's cause for sainthood comes before the papal council, the devil's advocate will simply play this week's episode of <laughs> oh, Father Dave geez. torturing your fear of needles Sainthood denied. denied. Slash, well, there wasn't a lot of chance on that anyway, but <laughs> oh, come on. Uh, Why is this my fault? Because you were doing this. Here we go. Here's another one. Um, wait, I got to find it. No, it's going to be worthwhile. Well, sir, just sure. somebody said you're mean, uh, and I agreed with that. Um, yeah, there was a number of ones this is that ridiculous. were here. Oh, you know what? Actually, this goes. This harkens back to an earlier episode. Okay. Apparently, there is a restaurant that offers chili mac. There you go. Like chili. I think it mac was. And yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Yeah, I think so. Which is kind of crazy. I think chili mac was like this thing you'd buy in a box and add water or something like that. Chili mac. Yeah, I think. Oh, I found it. Uh, this is somebody with a similar needle phobia. Actually, she gave me a great thing to do because she's a mom of five kids. And so she has this antiseptic called betadine, and it has a really dark kind of brownish color, but it doesn't sting. And so whenever her kids bleed, she covers it with the, the betadine, and then she just tells herself it's not blood, it's this thing, and then that helps her do it. So thank you for that idea. 
And she ended off by saying, I really like Father Dave, but he was being really mean to you. What are you talking thing. about? I'm sorry. How was I being? I was just telling my story. No, you weren't. About giving no, blood. No, no, no. Don't even start. You see, now, mm, I know where you're going with this. We're done. Just repent. All right. I'm I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Bob. I wouldn't say anything about that ever again. I won't tell you my story and share what's going on in my life. I wouldn't. I wouldn't want. I wouldn't want that to bother you. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll take. I'll take even an insincere apology. That's well. That's all you're getting. So yeah, all I get from my kids anyway. at some point you're like, well, you said the words. We just got to move on. I got things to do today. That's right. Anyway, but thank you for all of you who came to my defense and all the emails that are coming in. We have some fun products to be plugging over the next couple weeks. So it's great to hear from you guys again. If uh, if you've got something you want us to share on the show. Hope at franciscan.edu. Shoot us an email. And even if there's something you want us to talk about, uh, thoughts you have for our show, ways we can be better or uh, speak more to what you need to hear, we just love to hear from you. And, and it's really been a blessing to regularly now be getting emails and getting feedback on um, yeah, the ministry the things, that we're doing. One of the things you've brought up a couple of times, and I've kept on pushing it off because I want to talk, I want to think more about it, but it'll it'll be in a coming episode, and that is books. Yeah. You said books that we've read that have been impactful for us. So, We've, we've received that email. It's something we've talked about a couple of times, but we don't just want to talk off the cuff. We want to give some thought and reflection to that, so that'll be coming down there. Because God forbid, God forbid we ever talk off yeah, the yeah, cuff. Yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> about anything we, that we, we do. Well, We have a little bit. Yes, we do. But we try to let the Spirit move. Yes, we do. Amen. Speaking yes, of Spirit do. moving this weekend, power and purpose. Which is so great. Uh, you know, I think I just got numbers. We're a little bit over 500, which is down from what we normally do. But, sure. I mean, with things being lifted in covid for the, literally, this will be the first weekend in the state of Ohio where we don't have all the restrictions. I'm just excited to have people here yeah. and, and gathering for a conference. It's just going to be a great blessing. And you can just show up if you'd like. I mean, actually, I think we had like a hundred number jump just over the week. Yeah. Because again, uh, you know, things restrict, you know, restrictions lifted. It makes sense that people are saying, ah, let me see how I feel, you know, as we get to that weekend. But it's only a few days away. And if you didn't know this, you could show up on Friday afternoon and register for the conference and get in, especially now that we don't have the number restrictions that we had before. Yeah, and can't they come like on Saturday evening? I, I think that is. Is that still an open session? I think so. I think so. Well, show up and, well, there you go. and say, Dave and Bob told yeah, that's us. That's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and you can get in. Also, another fun thing that we'll be doing, this is going to be a first for us. Uh, Father Dave and I are going to try to do this podcast live at the Power and Purpose Conference. We're going to do it at 1 o'clock. I think it's going to be in the JC, maybe down in the gallery. I think so, right. And, um, Saturday afternoon. It won't be live streamed, unfortunately. We don't have that technology yet, but we're going to try it. Of course it. we do. We're just choosing not to do it. Oh, we don't want that you it? and I out there live. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you say we do, since I'm the one that's doing yeah, yeah, it, yeah. I don't know if I do. Yeah. I'm sure if I worked on it. But I'll also be playing worship that weekend. So uh, if you come to the conference, uh, just plan right after you have lunch, come down to the gallery and you can see us live and we'll see how it goes. It yep. could be, it could be a lot of fun. So just something to, and it'll be next Wednesday's podcast. So you guys, uh, listening for the next episode, you can hear what it's like to be at the power and purpose conference. Again, just to reiterate that it would be wonderful to have people there. Yeah. I mean, just an opportunity Amen. to come together. And I think actually the timing is really good as we're moving out of COVID and restrictions are being lifted to be able to gather together just to worship, to encounter the Lord. And and, and to do it together as a body of Christ, I think it's going to be a great, yeah. a great blessing. And I, I'd love a lot of people there, but I also don't mind it being kind of small. I think yeah. that could be a its own beautiful experience. 
Yeah, it'll be great. Yeah, whatever the Lord, whoever the Lord brings, and hopefully it might be you, it'll be a fantastic weekend. We also can now travel. Amen, amen, amen. That's a great segue, Bob. Thank you. You nailed that. That's what I do. So, They That Hope podcast promo. All right, so. You're not supposed to read that part. No? No. Okay. Are we supposed to, should I put that in red for you? Is that kind of more your line? I've got it. All right. right. Many people haven't been able to travel this past year due to the pandemic, but as things are starting to open up and you're making travel plans, once again, I invite you to come and join us on a Franciscan University pilgrimage. Now, us not meaning you and me, though. No, but one of these days, you and I should do one. We've done one 21 years ago, and it's time to do it again. Let's do it. We'll, we'll be like we'll be like cicadas every every 21 years. World Youth Day 2000. Yeah, there's still scars from that. Yeah, seriously. I think we had 600 people in our group, 600 was, young people. It was insane. But you can travel to holy sites around the world with expert guides and friars such as myself. Uh, you'll be able to walk where the saints walked, visit famous shrines and churches, and experience firsthand our Catholic faith. Hmm. So you look perplexed. No, I'm okay. just, I'm, it's my, that sounds great. It is. Look, face. Actually, I love, I've been doing pilgrimages, I don't know, 25 years, and uh, they're just a great blessing. So we at Franciscan University offer pilgrimages in North America, the Holy Land, Lourdes, Fatima, mm. Poland, all these various places. So Italy. Italy, Italy, yep, yep. We're actually going to do one. My, my family thinks this is a stretch, but next August we're going to do one. It's kind of a pilgrimage. Disney World? No, Alaskan cruise. But if you've ever, the, it is a okay. pilgrimage, but it's gorgeous. Just, hey, wait a second. Is this a Franciscan pilgrimage yeah. or is this just you guys? Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Franciscan University. And we're collaborating with Wild Goose. And uh, we're going to spend a week on a cruise to Alaska. We're also going to visit a shrine in, in Our Lady in a, Our Lady of Lords in Juneau. So there's a small shrine there as well. So and it's, that's it's in like, August? In August Ooh, of next year, right? Maybe I could go to that one. Maybe you can. You can check out. In case you wanted to, Bob. I do, actually. Uh, now upcoming I do. pilgrimages that are scheduled for the next few years and learn more about them at pilgrimages.franciscanuniversity.edu. That's pilgrimages.franciscanuniversity. No, that's not no, that, what it is. Why, that's not even what it says. That's not what it says. This is why I do it. That's pilgrimages.franciscan.edu. That's pilgrimages.franciscan.edu. Okay. You, were do, you were doing really well up until the end. I know. I kind of feel like I blew it. You did. That's really we could, right. That's we could what, fix that. That's, no, that's, uh, that's okay. Yeah, I that's wasn't what, going to. I was just saying we could. We could. <laughs> that's, but that's why you do that, Bob. You do it so well. Thanks. You do it so well. Oh, thank you so much. But you know something, Bob? One of the things I was thinking, and we just kind of alluded to it, is I've been, as, as the pilgrimage or the uh, restrictions are being lifted, just thinking yeah. back over the last year, and... And I think a danger would be that we look back at the last year and all we think about is kind of the struggles and the difficulties. Sure. And, and and I think it's it's fair to say that everybody has had difficulties and everybody's had struggles, some largely related to the pandemic and some other much more personal things that have happened to them. Um, but I think a danger would be that that be the only focus. Right. You know, I, I can't sh- remember if I've shared. We, we should remind ourselves of what yeah. I shared on, on this on the back podcast. <laughs> we'll have a scribe in the yeah, corner. Yeah, that's right. You said, you said, that, said that. Told that story. Right. Oh, not that one again. Well, well, this is one that I know that we haven't. That that a friend of ours, actually, you, you know her as well. She was sharing with me that she and her husband have been trying to have a child for a number of years, and, mm-hmm. and finally were able to conceive and have a child last year. And she said to me, 2020 is always going to have a special place in my heart, you know, because we were finally able to have a child. And my concern is that is that when we look back at the year, all we think about is 
the restrictions, the masks, the PCR testing, the social distancing, the isolation, the quarantine and all that. And, And we don't, I think one of the unique, beautiful things about being a Christian is that we can see God in the midst of the struggle and the difficulty. And that's, I think, what I've been finding myself almost this, I don't know, examination of conscience of the last year and really making sure that I'm aware of the way the Lord was present. Yeah. I think of the that very popular verse from Jeremiah 29, you know, I know well the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your hope and welfare. Yeah. And uh, the context of that particular scripture, and I know we did share this in one of our episodes, but it was while the Israelites were in exile, and they were waiting for a word from the Lord to rise up and fight. But the context of the letter is that the Lord is speaking through Jeremiah and telling them, I exiled you. Like, it actually wasn't the Babylonians. This was me working in the midst of these difficult things, and that's why you can have hope. It's not as though um, God lost control of 2020. Oh, no, I, you know, I was looking somewhere else. There was another planet that needed my help, and oh, wow, that happened. God was present in the midst of it. And so you're right. We have to be careful, even in the midst of sufferings and struggles, that if we reject, you know, just wholesale reject that year or wholesale reject that experience— we might also unintentionally be rejecting the Lord and the Lord, Absolutely. you know, the Lord being present in it. And I think sometimes I, I, that like there's this pressure if, if it's not like all we're going to focus on is yeah, the yeah. good things or the blessings that that's almost dismissive of the individuals who have had struggle. But that's not the case, and that ought not be the case. But if the Christian isn't the one who's able to, to point out and to help reveal the hope and the blessing in the midst of those circumstances, in the midst of difficulties. Who's going to do it? Because the world is readily available to just talk about how horrible it was and how bad it was. But we, the people of faith, again, it's not being dismissive. So for me to say, you know, some of our students, several of them have said last year was the best year they've ever had, literally the best year of their life. Well, they need to be able to have the freedom to speak to that and, and, and to not worry about, it wasn't everybody's best year, right? right. You know, so I, I can say that the Lord worked in mighty great ways, but it was certainly not the best year <laughs> of my life. <laughs> right. I I just uh, and I just brought it up here because I was reading something. You know, you know the T D Jakes. Uh, he's a very popular uh, pastor, African American yeah, yeah, yeah. pastor, great <laughs> great preacher. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I was just reading an interview with him, and he's he's known somewhat for uh, kind of a bit of a prosperity gospel proclamation. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he can fall into that, maybe not as bad as some others. Uh, but in this interview, he really talked about the value of suffering and mm-hmm. how what he realized in the midst of 2020 was Christ present in the midst of suffering in a way that uh, he hadn't experienced before. He had a lot of his congregation uh, get very ill or pass away, mm-hmm. you know, because of because of covid uh, the economic impact on his congregation, and then, of course, all of the uh, racial flare-ups, you know, that were very much at the heart of uh, what his congregation was feeling. And, and he just said that it was, a, it was an awakening moment that he always knew Christ, you know, was present in suffering. I'm paraphrasing some of what he's saying, but just this last year was more just a tangible reality mm-hmm. of that. And I think that also for me, you know, I, I, I would not want to replay this year at all, you know, of, of my life. And there were a lot of moments of suffering. There were struggles within my family, 
there was anxiety over finances. Uh, you know, there was anxiety over, you know, a way I did a job and now I've got to do it in a very different way. I mean, it really felt like everything was, everything was turned over, but, uh, but Christ was present in the midst of that. And sometimes it just meant I had to look for him in a different way, Mm -hmm. you know, because he didn't always feel present, you know, it was similar to that gospel of Jesus being asleep on the boat in the midst of a storm. Well, he's there, he's just snoring, (laughs) but, but I know he's there. And yeah, I think actually, as we head into this summer, it really feels like we've got summer back, you know, uh, many graduations occurred, you know, we had graduation on our campus, my son got to graduate high school. I know for many of you listeners, uh, you know, you were able to see school through. I know some weren't still praying for you guys. But as we get into the summer, and it seems like almost every state is now, quote unquote, opening up, restaurants are back, concerts are coming back, conferences are back. It might be a nice time just to reflect and say, okay, Lord, like, what is, what do we want to keep from that experience? What did you teach me in that experience? Yeah. Um, yeah, and how are you present there? And again, I think there's a, almost um, a danger to feel, I don't know, guilty about looking back at the last year saying, because so many people suffered so greatly. Yeah. And, and I, I mean, for what it's worth, uh, I would put myself in that, that it was a really, really difficult year. And yet when I also look at it, there were many blessings. Like I just think of the friars, you know, that time when we were in the total lockdown. That was a great time for us. It re- honestly, it really <laughs> yeah, was. I yeah. mean, the, the schedule was just so different, and we just spent more time together. We we sat around in the evening, and we played cornhole, and we had a beer, and we laughed, and we talked, and we told stories. And there was just um, an intimacy and a unity in that that I don't want another global pandemic, but <laughs> honestly, I wouldn't change that for the world. And yeah. I think that's the the challenge for us of faith is, is and I know that we've talked about this, but this examination of conscience, a struggle is all we look is the bad things, you know? So as we examine this past year, where were the blessings? Yeah. And and I, I go back to that. I think in, in my mind, in my heart, the one of the iconic moments of this was in March of last year when the Holy Father had that holy hour and, and he spoke right. and, and he said that this is an opportunity for us to reevaluate and then also this invitation that he provided us to not miss the grace that was available. And, and that's not over. It's like, well, the year's over. I missed it. That's not the case. Right. Is the Lord continues, is going to continue to work and show himself and reveal himself. So we ask ourselves, what, yeah, what did God do in our life in this last year? What, what was a way that he manifested himself and he showed himself that maybe we wouldn't have received that or seen that if it wasn't for the pandemic. Yeah, I, I think of that with my own family and my own kids. You know, I, I know I alluded to this earlier, and I won't get too detailed because of the privacy of my yeah. kid's life. I yeah. guess they have some. But particularly with one of my kids, just uh, a really difficult time, uh, ended up having us go to counseling, yeah. which was great. I mean, we needed it. It was almost like every summer we'd kind of send him off to camps and, um, you know, just self-medicate, you know, okay, we get a break now for a little bit, and now we have to come back and, and deal with the situation. And COVID really made us deal with the situation. But even even this weekend, as I was spending time with uh, with with him, just thinking, like, we God's just done so much. Yeah. I mean, it's it's enjoyable. It's fun. Yeah. You know, there's no, 
you know, walking on eggshells waiting for a grenade to go off. It's just loving spending time with each other. And if, if that was the only blessing of, of 2020, that was absolutely worth it, you know, in terms of our family. And, and even just, you know, other members of my family that were really tense about COVID, uh, you know, were able to come out for graduation. You know, they got vaccinated, so they're feeling more comfortable with things. And, you know, it's almost just like, I mean, I remember I had a lot of tension. I'm sure many listeners did as well within family over what we should do, how we should behave, who we should visit, Mm -hmm. if we should travel, if we shouldn't travel. It's just so nice that that's in the rearview mirror, Mm -hmm. you know, as as well. And so very grateful to God, Um, you know, at least in terms of our family to get through it, to get through it healthy, you know, all mm-hmm. of us, I mean, some people got infected with COVID. Some people got seriously infected with COVID. All of us got infected with the paranoia fear of being infected with COVID. Sure, sure. And at least to have some of that being removed. Uh, praise be Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And for the record, uh, people are traveling again. It was unbelievable being in the airports. So oh, is that right? Seriously, Bob, the, the line at Denver International Airport and then again in Salt Lake was just Unbelievable. Now, thank the Lord I've got TSA pre-check, so that got me through a little bit. But it, I, the other thing that's really weird that's going on, just a little side note, yeah, is the car companies, the rental car companies sold all their cars, all their inventory during COVID, okay. and they haven't got that back up again. To rent a car is crazy expensive, like $200 a day. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'm going to buy a car for that price. <laughs> so it's crazy. So right. Life back to normal. Yes, yeah, I, I guess so. That's great. Yeah. Coming up. Uh, in a few weeks is Father's Day. Yes. And I mentioned that as a segue into... That's the third week of sun, third Sunday of June, right? Yeah, Something I guess like that. that's right. So I guess it's, yeah, like two and a half weeks. Okay, cool. You know, so that that's going to be great. And uh, something cool that you might want to get your dad for Father's Day is a book uh, written by Nathaniel... Now, I might get the name wrong. Ben Versi. He's the director of content for the Exodus 90 program, uh, which does really, really great stuff. Anyway, he wrote a book uh, that can be read to your kids. It's called The Strongest Man I Know. And uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a project. The idea is it's something that a father can read to their kids about the power of prayer. You know, and a little is there kid, an age group? Like what kind of age group? That's a great question. I'm probably thinking it's, well, any kid that gets read to, I think okay. that's kind of the vibe. Well, I mean, as I look at... for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Anybody that likes looking at pictures and other things. But it's, it's really an opportunity for a lesson of this young boy looks at, you know, athletes and all these other, like, images of strength, but really it comes down to the man of prayer. Oh, that's cool. And how that's really the greatest strength that a man can have. So cool. It, it's cool. I, I actually can't wait to read it uh, to my seven-year-old. Anyway, you can go to the website, thestrongestmanIknow.com, thestrongestmanIknow.com, and you can purchase it. He's trying to sell about a few thousand of them before Father's Day. Boy, he's and he will, ready because when well, this comes out. That's right. That's going to be nothing. <laughs> And I think he's doing that partly as a fundraiser to let him go on a speaking tour oh, cool. where he can share this message. So all great reasons to check it out. ThestrongestmanIknow.com. And, of course, Here in the go, coupon, if you go. put in Dave and Bob, you will get 15% off. So uh, that's really exciting. So a wonderful thing to support. And maybe as you're thinking a little bit ahead towards the fathers in your life, uh, why don't you pick up that book and support a good cause? ThestrongestmanIknow.com. That's Dave amazing. and Bob. 15% off. We've made it. Oh, we made it like a few weeks ago. I, I don't even know why we're still doing this. I know. That's exactly right. Why <laughs> we just retire on our residuals. Wait, wait, are you getting some of those? No, I'm not getting oh, any. Me neither. I was going to say. 
as long as they are. That's good. Actually, that is awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really exciting. Uh, but more immediately this weekend is the feast of Corpus Christi, Amen. the body and blood of Jesus Christ. You know, so when I walked the Camino and 15 years ago, actually today is the anniversary of my vows. So 30, oh, 30 hey. years. Thank you, Lord. Happy 30 anniversary. Years, thank you, 30 years. Um, but 15 years ago today, I was walking the Camino. Why don't you ever do a pilgrimage to the on the Camino? Actually, there's... Really? Where, where, how where, big is the path? I'm just trying to figure this out. I mean, how big is the path? Well, don't you like walk on a path or something? Yeah, like how wide? Yeah. Wide is the road that leads to hell. Uh, so I'm assuming it's not it, wide. And most people choose it. <laughs> it depends. I mean, honestly, it just depends on different places. Sometimes it's actually really narrow when you're going through the mountains. Well, I was trying to figure out, like, could you bring like a hundred people on? You could. You could community? actually. The, what 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 we're having a discussion about is doing a course on it because there's so many things about it: um, history, architecture, yeah. theology. So there's actually a discussion about a course being taught that part of that would be actually walking the Camino. Oh, my gosh. That but sounds thing, fantastic. I know. I agree. I agree. The thing about Could it, Could you do the Camino on one of those, like, things where everybody's at a bar and on a bicycle and they're all, like, no. pedaling together? No, you could not. Are you sure? I'm positive. I'm well, positive. I guess you're teaching the yeah, course, yeah, so right. you would know. Positive. Um, but, yeah, so 15 years ago today, Father Joe, uh, my classmate, and I, we actually didn't finish on this day, but we finished on the, the solemnity of uh, Corpus Christi. Okay. And that was really our planning when we were taking a look at when we wanted to start and when we wanted to finish. We wanted to finish at uh, on the Feast of Corpus Christi. So it was really actually really, really beautiful, although now that I begin to tell this story. Uh, so we, we walked, at, as I think people are aware, we walked 500 miles. Uh, I walked in gratitude. Uh, yeah, yeah. What was that? Do you know that song? No. Oh, I, I would walk, walk 500, 500 miles yeah. in the heart. Yeah. That sounded more like yodeling. Than <laughs> yodeling. But um, so we finished uh, at Santiago and they had a beautiful, huge, I mean, literally, I don't know how many thousands of people, a Eucharistic procession. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, walking the 500 miles, 30 days, and then it ending with a procession a couple of blocks, right? Yeah. Uh, through the streets of Santiago with the Blessed Sacrament was one of the fondest memories. Now, <laughs> the part that I, I had forgotten until I started the story, we were starved. So <laughs> it's funny, we just walked 500 miles, but we decided we were not going to walk the entire procession. So we were at the third, I don't know, 75% of it. And then we went and got something to eat because we had not eaten that day. So We'll let Jesus do yeah, the rest yeah, of the yeah, talk yeah, walk. Yeah. We'll just, yeah. we'll have some food. Now I feel kind of bad about that. <laughs> But well, it's it was, not like you hadn't eaten over 30 days, though. No, that's true. Yeah. That's true. It was just that day. But it's just interesting like that, that, you know, I think we're seeing more of this in the States, but in Europe, like Eucharistic processions on Corpus Christi all the time. Yeah. And in, when I lived in Austria, it was interesting because that's a national holiday, but most of the people, unfortunately, sadly, aren't going to Mass anymore, so they don't exactly know why they're getting the day <laughs> off or why it's a holiday. Yeah. But... Just a profound gratitude for, for the Eucharist right now. Yeah. And that was beautiful a few months. Wasn't When did we do a Eucharistic procession in Stupidville? The one downtown. Yeah. Yeah, actually, that was down, it, it was in the fall, um, right, right was, before the election, okay, trying to okay. just I encourage knew, people to was, come together. I knew that was present somehow. Yeah. So the Feast of the Body and Blood of Jesus. You know, for me, um, I'd shared my story before earlier that I had— uh, my, my initial real conversion experience in high school was through Young Life and a beautiful 
proclamation of Jesus, a great love of the scriptures. And my mom was Catholic, my dad Episcopalian. So I didn't really know a lot about Catholicism growing up, even though I went to a Catholic school, kind of a lot of the stereotypes of going to Catholic things, but not really getting any Catholic doctrine. In fact, I remember there was only one time in my Catholic high school they mentioned the Eucharist, and it was a humanities teacher who asked the question, she said, do you realize that the church teaches that the Eucharist is the actual body and blood of Jesus, not a symbol? It's supposed to be the real thing. How many of you think that way? And none of us raised our hands. Because for me, it was new knowledge. And looking back, I, I remember her being pretty faithful. I was wondering if maybe she was just trying to get the pulse. Like oh, she was a little bit disgusted, like yeah. like she wishes she was teaching religion, but she they, they wouldn't let her talk yeah, about right. that stuff. Because uh, she was, I mean, I just had wonderful teachers growing up. So, um, but that always kind of like stuck in the back of my head, like a, so is that actually supposed to be a real thing, you know, going on? And I remember... Um, when I did the first uh, Catholic heart work camp in Orlando, and it was the first time I met Jim Beckman, actually, Mm -hmm. for whatever reason, the Spirit inspired me to ask him. I'm like, hey, I just have a question for you. Like, the Eucharist, that's that's real, right? Like, is that what the church teaches on it? This is before the catechism came out. This is before anything. And I think, you know, Jim later shared with me, he said, that's why I invited you to the Steubenville Conference. He's like, because I knew this guy needs needs help. I mean, I just was... I I wasn't disagreeing with it. I just didn't know anything about it. Right. And when the catechism came out, the catechism came out, if I remember correctly, it was early, it was either late March or early August, but it was a bit before, it was a few, maybe a week or so before Holy Thursday. And so I, I dove into the catechism and I just read it cover to cover. And the section on the Eucharist really is what, I mean, just blew me away and I hadn't heard about what they did on Holy Thursdays. You know, mm-hmm. like, I just don't think I'd ever been to a Holy Thursday liturgy. And I just remember, um, you know, reading that in the catechism and somebody talking about the Holy Thursday liturgy and going to that Mass. And they had a procession where they brought the Eucharist in the back chapel. And I was there and I was sobbing. You know, mm-hmm. it's just like, you are God, you are God. And that was a few months before I came to Steubenville for the first time. You know, that was really all a part of the Lord drawing me to his heart, drawing me more deeply into the Catholic Church, and then calling me to do the, the ministry that uh, I get so blessed, to, so blessed yeah. to be a part of. I mean, in some ways, your story breaks my heart, Bob, in that, well, first off, we rejoice in what the Lord has done, but, yeah. but that we really have a large population of people that, that they're not unlike you. you yeah. know, they maybe have this vague idea of the Eucharist and, and what that means, but not, it, it has not become personal. They right. do not understand it. That they I was going to say they've not grasped it, and it's not grasped. He's not grasped them in that, but for, for yeah. a sense of their openness to it. I remember I was in, in China one time and, and having a conversation with a woman who was coming to faith, and it was interesting to talk about the Eucharist from, like, from her perspective. This was a woman who was raised with absolutely no faith in a communist country, in an atheist country, and her amazement at the possibility that God would come to her in the Eucharist mm-hmm. was just it was like she just couldn't believe that. I mean, in yeah. her excitement, wait, not, right, not, right. not like I don't believe this, but in not why me? Why <laughs> it was just so refreshing and so beautiful that this grace that that familiarity breeds contempt, right? That that we just become, yeah. you know, we just become. It's it's what we do as Catholics. But 
you know, John Paul would always speak about Eucharistic amazement, that we would we would pray for that, for that grace in the church now, that we just, we, we don't just take it for granted. We don't, this is just what we do because we're Catholics, but just this profound understanding of the beauty that is in the Eucharist and the gift that is in the Eucharist. Well, and hopefully that might be something, even a gift of 2020, you know, so many, for such a long period of time, many of us were unable to receive the Eucharist. And there can be frustration about that, and I know some people were upset with bishops about that, and et cetera, et cetera. But that time of Eucharistic fasting, I know in my own heart, in my own life, made me that much more appreciative of when I was able to receive the Eucharist right. and more sensitive to places in the world like a China yeah. or like other places uh, where there's oppression and where there's not enough priests. You know, I mean, that's other places in the world. You know, there, there are times that I know— Sometimes even in our mission trips, you know, when the priests sure. go with their mission trips, that's the first time they got to receive communion for like a year. And just how blessed we are in this country and how, I mean, how rich we are in that spiritual sense. And then sadly, how easy it is for me to take to take for granted. I mean, like just to, I get up every morning and I go to mass and I'm like, oh gosh, I got to, you know, and you know, just, Lord, like, change my heart, you know, and, and let me appreciate how beautiful this is. It's interesting that you say that because I just, again, in the light of our conversation earlier, one of the things that I experienced when, when there was the total lockdown and people weren't able to go to Mass, but obviously, thank you, Jesus, I was able to go to Mass, sure. obviously, as a priest. Um, but I was I was really moved by the communal part of that, that that when when I confect the Eucharist, when I celebrate the Mass, it's it's this communion, even though... You weren't able to receive. There, there's something mystical that, that takes place every time we, we celebrate the Eucharist and every time bread and wine is transformed into the body and blood of Jesus that, that impacts the body. Even though you weren't able to go, there was a grace available to you yeah. through that Mass being yeah. celebrated, through that Eucharist being consecrated that, that in a weird way brought this this connection that, that became more real. Again, I, I, the theo there's the theology of it, and then there's the reality of it. There really became, it, it was interesting. I felt more connected to people in that because they weren't able to go. Hmm. It was, I don't know, it was really quite beautiful. Yeah, and it just gives us an appreciation of it. Yeah. I, I love just the reality of the Eucharist is alive. Hmm. You know, it's not, it's not a piece of a body. <laughs> you know, it's not a symbol. It is... 100% Jesus giving himself 100% fully to us. You know, oh, you know, actually, maybe we'll, at the end of this podcast, I'll throw a song I wrote, which is probably one of my most popular songs, if not my most popular yeah. song called I, I Shall Be Healed. But it's just a reflection on the incredible gift that Jesus gives us and Jesus dwelling in us, how we become tabernacles. I mean, yeah, it, it it's easy to not believe it in the overwhelming sense of, I, I can't believe the Lord does this on a Tuesday morning at a parish in Steubenville, Ohio, or in the field house at Franciscan University. Right. And uh, he's just so generous and so abundant and so present in our lives. But what you said was important too, that, you know, it could be at St. Peter's or it could be the most humble, simple yeah. chapel and Jesus is made present on the altar. I yeah. mean, this was really animated St. Francis was that God would become present in the hands of the priest was pretty, was pretty transformative. The other is, and I'm sure that there are people who are listening who maybe intellectually understand this, but there's not this sense of, I don't know, love or devotion or movement in the heart. And the prayer, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Yeah. You know, and that's that's not a cop out. That's that's a 
beautiful, deep, longing prayer. Lord, I believe, but just help my unbelief. So if if that's not your story, if, if there isn't this, this deep burning desire in your heart and, and understanding to the degree that any of us fully understand the Eucharist, right? <laughs> right. Lord, I believe, help my unbelief, and the Lord delights in that prayer. Amen. Maybe we can close with that prayer. Why don't you close? That'd be awesome. Almighty Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son. And we thank you for the gift of his continual presence in the Eucharist. Jesus, I just ask that for all of us, uh, you would open our heart to a deeper understanding of the reality of your presence in the most holy sacrament of the altar. I pray that as we, the next time we're at Mass, as we come forward to that altar, we realize we're coming forward to the cross. I pray that as the priest, deacon, or Eucharistic minister holds up the Eucharist and says the body of Christ, we realize in a more significant way that this is your body, this is your life, this is you, you wanting to come to us so intimately, I mean, on our lips, on our tongue, into our bodies, into our hearts, in a physical way and in a spiritual way. And Lord, just send your Holy Spirit more deeply into our lives that we might be filled with Eucharistic amazement. Uh, Help us just be blown away um, by the reality of what we're receiving and help us do so in a humble and meek way as you are so humble and meek to appear to us in what looks like bread and what tastes like wine, um, but is truly uh, the bread of heaven and the source of everlasting life. Give us that gift, O God, of that awareness. And we thank you, Lord God, and ask mercy for all the times that we have casually, carelessly, or thoughtlessly received you. Uh, Change our hearts that we may give you the reverence you deserve. May the Lord bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks so much, Robert. Amen. Hey, thank you, Father Dave. And thank you, all of you who are listening. Uh, We really appreciate all the emails. Again, especially if you're in the military. We're curious about this. Hope at franciscan.edu. That's hope at franciscan.edu. And if you can, come to Power and Purpose.
worthy of your body and your blood. Holy Spirit.